here with Babies on Broadway. You are back to the Rolling in the Deep podcast. Today, we're rolling in the deep. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we are getting into a subject that it's touchy. Um, so we're going to call this one Breastfeeding Pressure Pot. I'm here with Summer, my main gal, Summer. She heads our DME department, Durable Medical Equipment. So both of us deal quite a bit with moms that are actively, you know, new mothers that are going through getting maybe their breast pump through insurance, breastfeeding. For a little bit of background, I am actually a CLC. So I am a certified lactation counselor. I do love myself some credentials. You will learn that about me as you <laughs> listen in or follow my life. But I mainly did it, to be honest so that I could make sure that I was giving moms the best advice possible as we help them select a pump through our DME services. But one of the things that we really come into contact with and I've dealt a lot with through the years of having the store and having this business and hosted multiple different breastfeeding support groups is we're going to call it the breastfeeding pressure pot. There was a real swing and like again this is a really controversial subject so I want to preface this with saying that I'm trying to not throw out any judgments either way of feeding here. I'm just kind of given like my take on what I see from this outside looking into really vulnerable moments in mom's lives. Whether it's your first child, your second child, I'll give you my own experience with breastfeeding here. But there was a real swing and, and it's been for a while now, I would have to say. It was maybe less so. So my oldest is going to be 16. That really yeah. ages me. I know. But you've got an 18. What was it like for Christian when you had him? Was it like was that pressure to breastfeed there or was it not so much yet? It was to a degree. It also was very, there was a huge lack of education. It was like, here's a pump that you probably got like from a sister or a sister-in-law. No one taught you how to use it. And no one also, as we all know with children, warned you the shift just in general that your life was about to make. Yeah. So it was also like, not only did you suddenly add this human who was part your own, your body was what needed to feed them. Yeah. With no <laughs> educational background. I mean, I think, I don't even know that, honestly, it was very touched on at the, like, Lamaze class yeah, no, that we had back then. I didn't have a, a breastfeeding segment, I don't think, on mine at all. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I honestly don't recall one. So the pressure pot was maybe just starting to build. I think, I think it was, because there was still enough that you... You definitely knew and got a sense from your hospital nurses yeah. that they wanted you to breastfeed. Yes. You should do it. Absolutely. Should's a bad word. We're not so, going to use that here. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely was, I think, it was coming of its own. Right. At the time. Yeah. So with REM, I felt like it was there for sure in terms of like breastfeeding is best, breast is best. That was starting to kind of make its debut. But again, there was still kind of a lack of education and definitely a lack of resources at that time, yet you felt like you should be doing this. Absolutely. But like, let's fast forward now, you know, these last 16 years since Remington was born. And even so Remy and Flynn are, Rem, Flynn is going to be, he's 11. So there's five years between those two. And by the time I had Flynn, for sure, we were in the thick of it. Absolutely. And giving a little background to my story and my birth with, with Remington, which kind of opened my doors to this business in general because I basically had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have younger siblings. I didn't really do the babysitting gig. Frankly, I'm kind of an unnurturing, unemotional human being. So <laughs> I, don't, right. I, yeah, I don't know that I was like even 
like meant for this. Like I obviously was, but like you at the were... time I was like, whoa, <laughs> who gave permission for me to do this gig? Um, and so along came Remy and I remember being in the hospital and like the nurse is like literally taking his head. And mind you, this kid came out with neck muscles, which I learned later like was not common. He was breached the whole time. So I think he was like working out his head in there. Yeah, I bet he was. And he could like turn his little head and scream the other direction. Ooh. And they would like take his little head and turn it back and attach him to my boob and we're like, feed. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. And, and did they mention that it was painful? Oh God, no. And like, I know. They don't <laughs> talk about that at all. Yeah. Like, and I don't even let people hug me like you're in yeah. my bubble <laughs> right. you nurse are in my bubble and their head is like in your boob yeah with another little head that's attached to your boob yeah. <laughs> hello any warnings for this yeah. <laughs> none, none. And welcome yes and the best part is milk doesn't even come out no one tells <laughs> you that either like see and they're still starving yeah <laughs> and like what's going on they're not even swallowing like no one even tells right. you that your milk doesn't come in for days sometimes yes. days Days. Yeah. Right. And they're but like, they, their stomach is the size of a pea. So you don't need much. But they're screaming at me. <laughs> they're screaming. Are they hungry? I think they are. <laughs> so back to the boob. And next thing you know, like you are raw and bloody. And it's all just, over the it's place. crazy. Yes. Breastfeeding is crazy. You are rubbing ointments all over your nipples. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you also have inserted a soft pad of <laughs> yeah. sorts. So that gonna you leave. can leave the home and not... Look like you have <laughs> spreading spreading out milk. You know what I mean? Like no one again. Like I was spending money on these pads. <laughs> no warning. No like in yeah. the what is it? The book that yeah. you read. What's to expect? What's, yes. I where think they updated is that. Yeah. Now it's probably bad. Yeah. But 18 years ago, no. the stuff was not detailed. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was crazy. It's intense. It's intense. Yeah. Rewarding, very rewarding. Yes, right. And I think that that's the part, like people just don't really talk about how difficult it can be. And so you get this view of like in your mind as a mom, at least in my mind, I'm going to speak for myself on this, that I felt like it was the one thing that I had to do to keep this child alive was to feed my baby. And it was put into my head that the only way and the best way to do that was to give him my breast milk. And... So I felt as if I literally needed to succeed at this. And for those of you who know a visionary entrepreneur in your life, you know we don't fail well. I don't fail well at all. I mean, that is not something that's in my wheelhouse. So like I was gonna get milk out of these suckers. <laughs> like I didn't care what it was gonna take because that was my job, was to feed my baby and do it well. Or at least feed him. Yeah. Like that would have been just helpful to feed him 101 yeah yeah and so the reality of it was though it was so different than that for me personally and I, I do think that the education has come so far so that's so helpful there's so many more resources out there and support but the one thing I think that maybe has crossed the line here is the shame in the decision to not choose to breastfeed like, how could you not do this? It's best for your baby. You know, you're not giving them what's best, not the immunities. Like, someone I think said to us, like, it's science milk versus breast milk, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's fed. Like, we still want to feed our babies. We're trying to do the very best we can. Like, we're not trying to starve them. Absolutely That wasn't not. in the wheelhouse. Like, again, we're just trying to survive here. And so one thing that's really interesting 
And I, I think it's great to educate parents on the benefits of breastfeeding because they're there and they're real and they're great. The bonding that can happen with Absolutely. it, that it can be a really great time for people, but also that it's okay if it doesn't work. Yes. And so I know with like my birth with Remington, breastfeeding was a mess and I wanted to succeed so badly with it. You would come to my house and I had these pumps on and they were wearable at the time. They were this huge bag and they were plugged mm-hmm. into the wall and I am antsy. I cannot sit down. So I'm up with these things, like trying to figure out ways to hold them. <laughs> yes. Nothing is coming out, frankly, besides blood chunks at that point. Like it was an absolute mess, you guys. And no, like I'd call public health and have the nurse come out and like, I was just bawling my eyes out, like just a complete mess, like help me feed my baby. And I was having to supplement him. He had dropped so much weight at that point, you know, had had jaundice the whole nine yards. So I was doing this rotation of like, I'd give him a little bit of bottle so that he'd actually eat. Actually, that came after all of the <laughs> other work. So I'd latch him to make sure he was trying to latch. And later to find out, years later at the dentist, the kid had a bunch of ties, like tongue ties, ah, cheek ties. Interesting. Wonder, like, no wonder he couldn't right. latch for the life of him. Mind you, he would also turn his head away and scream which was quite the phenomenon. I don't think the nurses had seen that. They'd actually caught, nicknamed him Mr. Tiz, like, <laughs> and then told me good luck when I left. And I will tell you, that is not a good sign. It's not. <laughs> no, it's no. not. Like, that's not great. So <laughs> he, I would try to feed him. And then that didn't go well. So then it was time to pump. Like, let's put on these pumps and try to see if we can get anything out that way. Yes. So then you're pumping. And then when you're done with that, the kid's still hungry because guess what? Nothing came out. And so then you got to feed him and then you got to wash all this stuff. And literally by the time you are done with that, you're back at it again. Absolutely. It's like a two hour cycle and there is no time in between. And the scenario that also can be created is uh, when you are on like baby number two. Oh yeah. And your toddler is actually on top of you while you're, <laughs> while you're pumping. <laughs> What's that noise? <laughs> What's that? Let can me I hold have that? that? <laughs> and yes, let me just tell you, I had one trying to drink <laughs> from the pumping bottle. <laughs> so one's on the ground. You're Aww. hoping not roll, you know, rolling to who knows where she's going. <laughs> And the other is, what's that? Can I have that? I'll drink that. <laughs> no, you will not. Right? No, you won't. You, you this know. is liquid gold. Yeah, don't Stop. touch that. <laughs> You've graduated. <laughs> Go to the refrigerator. Go get those puffs. You're done. Yes. <laughs> the rice mum-mums. Rice yep. mum-mums for you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, balance, that balancing yeah. act of bringing a couple more kiddos and... Yeah. I mean, the beauty, though, let's go yeah. back to our, our wireless pumps that oh, we yeah. love. Came really a long way. So you, you know yes. what? You can do it much more successfully. Much. But I think that there's really just the stigma that's created both ways. And it's unnecessary because, again, we're all just trying to survive. Absolutely. And I think that there needs, to, and I did a couple support groups and I wouldn't do them again. And par, I was really scared to get my CLC. I was afraid that I was going to be in some sort of training that was like breastfeed or like nothing else, yeah. you know? And I was really happy. I did the healthychildren.org and they really focused on doing what's best for the family. They had mental health in mind because the end story with Remington is. I walked myself right into St. Cloud emergency room and I said to them, like, I can't do this. I can't do it. And I was completely breaking down. My mental health was trashed. It was trash. And I honestly think a lot of it was my inner drive to succeed at breastfeeding and the fact that I couldn't do it. My body wasn't doing it. And so, I mean, I spun into some major postpartum depression. And, and your hormones. Yes, and your hormones are a huge part of it as well. But I think we talked about that a little bit earlier today of like, 
you know, I think that some of the stress we put on moms to breastfeed potentially could cause some postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression just because 100%. they can't succeed at it. Absolutely. So, your brain responds to right. that without a doubt. And you before f- you know yeah. it, your cortisol is up. Yeah. And we because ha- you feel horrible. Right. Yes. You couldn't do the one job you've supposedly been able to do. Cats can do it. Whales can do it. Absolutely. Everybody else can do it. Is it is made to appear so simple. Right. Yeah. Clearly it's not. No. I mean, you can take like a tiger can go nurse off a puppy. I think I actually <laughs> saw this. This is a crazy morph. <laughs> right? Yeah. But like we cannot do that. It is just not as simple. So we wanted to cover some tips for maybe being cognizant of the parent themselves. Yeah. You know, being a supportive and kind human. So the one thing that I came across uh, that I absolutely loved, how about we just don't ask a mom? You know, like, I feel like it's one of those first questions, like, are you breastfeeding or bottle feeding? You know what? Like, not your breast, not your business. <laughs> you Love know? It. Love it. Like, I'm going to feed my baby the way I want. It's not your damn business. Stay in your lane. Like, absolutely. let's talk about something else, how cute my baby is. Yeah. I don't care if you think they look like an alien. They're cute. That's right. Tell me they're cute. (laughs) You know, I think that unless a mom is looking to you for not unsolicited advice, but like soliciting feeding advice from you. And if they do, please choose your words wisely. You know, I'm very cognizant of that being a professional in the industry. I don't know everything. And frankly, there's times where I'm like, I just don't know. And you need a higher regard of support that has more education than me, but being cognizant of the person's feelings. And like the one question I really try to get to the bottom of when I'm working with a mom is what is your true goal? How do you feel about this? Because there are moms that will tell you it's not because I feel the pressure. I really want to succeed breastfeeding. All right, well, let's work through what we can to fix the problems. And then there's other moms that you're working with that are like pretty much crying to you that, they, they need to stop and you just need to tell them it's okay, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's the in-between that like they're struggling a little bit. Maybe they want to bump through it. Maybe they don't. But I think it's just really trying to read the room and the person and helping them to the best end outcome for them, which is their decision. Absolutely. It's not my decision to tell them what's best because fat is fat. You want me to go to the store and get you some formula? I'll do it for you. Like call me up. You, you listeners out you there. Run. Yeah, yep. we, we got make you. A run. Right. Because you know what? It's just you got you to gotta take your mental health into suggestion too. But if you want to push through it and work to breastfeeding, I will try to help you get there too. You know, 100%. whether it was referring you on to a higher up IBCLC or whatever, whatever it's needed. I think a challenge often is the maybe sometimes partners and even parents, like grandparents mm-hmm. per se, who are... They just, they hear everything about breastfeeding is the best. Mm-hmm. So that pressure, even from your own parents or your in-laws oh, yeah. to make breastfeeding successful when maybe in your own being, you know, it's maybe not the best scenario right. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is such a hard pill to swallow. Right. That pressure, again, not only you're letting your baby down, but then you've got maybe a partner you're letting down mm-hmm. and in-laws and other dynamics that just... It's that pressure pot theory, Mm -hmm. I feel like, going back to. There's so many pressure pots to this. Yeah. I actually had a consultation where a husband jumped in kind of for the mom and said, like, no, she wants to do this. And it's like, what do you want out of this? Now, her answer happened to be the same. So maybe one of the things we're going to talk about is getting on the same page as your partner. So maybe they had done that ahead of time. Mm -hmm. She really wanted to succeed in it. But 
I was caught off guard by like, don't jump in for her. Again, it's not your breast. That's right. <laughs> it is your business in this case. Right. To a exactly. point. But it's not your body. No. So one of the other things we suggest on here, or it could be a good tip, is getting on the same page of your partner and really making a plan for that. Because like, what are your goals? And getting on the same page and being clear with each other. This is what I want. Here's where I want to be able to say I can stop. Or I really want to help push through this because it's my end goal is to truly make this successful. You know, and what's the viable options here? How do we feel about formula feeding? When when do we call it quits if we need to? You know, all of those things and making sure that your partner can advocate for you. Some people go into this not wanting to breastfeed at all and there is insta-shame that happens. And it can be with your medical provider, it can be with nurses, it can be whatever. Your partner needs to be standing by you. This is our choice. We're gonna bottle feed, fed is fed. We're feeding our baby and yes. that's what we want to do. And we don't wanna be pressured into this. So you have at least a support person. 100%, and you if gotta have one. Yeah, and if your medical provider isn't supporting your decision from the beginning, maybe you need to find someone else. Reevaluate. Yeah, because you want them to be on the same page as you You're YouTube. on a team. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's your body. So that's another one we had. Fed is best, you know, again, unless the mom wants to talk about her feeding journey, leave it out of the conversation, you know, and then preemptively connecting with resources ahead of time. If you know that your goal is going to be like, I want to make breastfeeding successful. There is a lot of great groups you can join, local community Mm -hmm. organizations, even getting an in-home lactation, a private lactation consultant that can come in like an IBCLC or making an online appointment is way better in person you guys if you can work that out but doing that ahead of time knowing that uh, resources are somewhat limited in the medical field you're going to see lactation ahead of time they're doing a lot better with it there's a lot more education the nurses are very well versed in it and great but then you leave and you go home and you're on your own a little bit and so having a plan in those first 48 hours of like what is something that I can call on or use as a resource during that very vulnerable time I think is a great thing to have to help you with success so if you know that that's your goal Find these things ahead of time. A postpartum doula, maybe that's an IBCLC or just some option. Absolutely. To get yourself some resources. Because you're not alone. No. I think that scenario. Oh, yeah. It just has to be. That's our, you know, yeah. debunk. Yeah. Is Everybody's it, going through it. Yeah. It's not easy. I mean, no. some people, it does seem like they just do really well with it. But the majority, <laughs> we're going no. We're right. going no. And then the final thing is, again, just trying to get through your head that there should be no shame. Like, you are doing your best to feed your baby and that is science milk breast milk whatever you want to feed them you know is your choice as a mom you were put on this earth to be the best parent for them Mm -hmm. that is actually your job like you were given this child and you will always be the best parent for them absolutely right and you will your decisions provide for them as needed yeah and to the best of your capacity and that is the best parent that's meant for that child because that's how it goes right yes capacity is a good word yeah because not everybody has the same capacity. Absolutely not. And that is okay. That's fine. We're all different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Am I overachieving ass could not breastfeed? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fine. I didn't think it was fine at the right. time. Right. But it's okay. In time, you realized yeah, yeah, and grew it was fine. Fine. I mean, it still cringes me a little bit because I still feel the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. The pressure never leaves. Like, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> yes. But that that's kind of where we wanted to go. Like, no shaming, no judgment, don't ask. You know, no, treat, and take care of yourself. Yeah. Because that is going to make you the best mom possible. Yeah. yeah, having your mental health in check. Yes. The best mom I could be for Remington was when I got my sanity back. Mm-hmm. He needed that because I was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> like, truly. So, yeah. 
All right, well, we touched on a tricky subject out there, so we hope that was helpful to all those new expecting parents out there, and we hope you join us again on Rolling in the Deep. Check us out on our social pages, Babies on Broadway, B-A-B-Y-S on Broadway, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all of the things, and this podcast. We'll see you guys again. Bye.